As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 228 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, 228 home runs in a two-game series against the San Diego Padres. <laughs> what a series uh, if you like home runs. Uh, if you like baseball, well, there there might be some baseball this week, but I don't know if we saw uh, that much over the weekend. <laughs> It, it felt like watching a basketball game where like teams would go on their runs, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it, and it felt like, I mean, seriously, it's like, well, uh, the, the Padres had a four run inning. We'll see if the Giants can come back with a four run inning of their own. You don't think that normally, you know, you just don't process the, the action as you're following it like that. But it was like a basketball game almost. And, you know, obviously the, I think the wind shifted a little bit and, and, um, and obviously, you know, there was some better pitching, I think in the second game, but um, so, you know, the, the Sunday game wasn't quite as crazy as the Saturday game, but we're all like, we can't believe this. I mean, we were ready for it and it still was, I think, far exceeded our expectations for just what the baseball was going to do at 7,300 feet above sea level. Uh, yeah, I was considering a an article about how you couldn't learn anything from this series, that it was it existed. It was kind of neat. It was uh, different. But you can't really extrapolate information about the 2023 Giants or Padres from this season. It was just sort of on its own planet. And Alex Cobb beat me to it. That, that's exactly <laughs> what he was saying. He's like, listen, you can't take anything from this. It's it is, you know, I hate the saying it is what it is, but it sure is what it is. And then you just got to move on because before this, the Giants were playing well. Uh, it's great that the Giants are hitting a lot of home runs, a lot of balls hard, a lot of balls in the air. But that was moon baseball. It's just it, it doesn't exist within the confines of the 2023 Giants. So here's a here's a little mnemonic tip. So you'll always remember how to say it is what it is in Spanish. You ready? Yes. S-O-C-K-S. S-O-C-K-S. 
It's also S O C K S. Just just spell the word socks. Wow. And uh, not like red socks or white socks, obviously, but uh, and, and you'll say S O C K S. So no. yeah, you, it'll roll like, off the tongue. Like the the White House cat socks. Yes, I believe that uh, that was a thing at some time. Um, uh, but uh, uh, that threw me. Yeah, <laughs> whose cat was that? Who had <laughs> socks? The cat. It was Clinton. You know, I'm I'm just oh, bringing okay. in the topical references for the youth of today. And, yeah, Clinton, uh, who was president like 30 years ago at this point. Um, <laughs> didn't he have Buddy the Dog? He, he had a Buddy the Dog and Socks the Cat. Okay. Right. Yeah. And a saxophone. Yeah, he, was, he, he was cool for five minutes. Um, and and yeah. boxers. Yep, yep. Uh, anyway, um, so I, I, am, I am in Houston. I uh, just flew back in from Mexico City uh, today. And um, now we're ready for a series against the Houston Astros. And we'll see... Just how worn out this team is after two games. Uh, I, I feel like if they try to play a third game, there would be nothing left of either team. I mean, the way I described it in one of my stories was it's kind of like watching people in their 50s trying to party like they're in their 20s. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you can get through it for a night. You can, but you had better block out two days to recover. And obviously, you can't do that in the middle of the baseball season. But you know what? MLB wanted to make sure these games would go off okay, that nothing absolutely disastrous would happen. Uh, they, they did go off okay. And, uh, and, and Ken Rosenthal obviously just reported uh, the, the MLB wasted no time announcing that they're going to go back to Mexico City. Uh, and I believe that's what the Astros and Rockies next time. So, um, yeah, it, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's viable long term. Uh, you'd have to make a lot of adjustments. You'd have to get turf that, that acts way different than the, the lightning fast turf uh, that they had uh, at Estadio Alfredo uh, um, Harpalus uh, Stadium. But, uh, you know, with, with some adjustments, maybe you have more night games and, and fewer day games. And I, I don't know. I, I guess they could find a way to make it work. But it was fun. It was fun for a short series. Mexico City was a, was a great destination. It's a, you know, a world-class uh, city with so much to do and see and eat and drink. Uh, so we got to try to do as much of it as we could in, in the time we were there. And, and it was a blast. It was a lot of fun to do. I would – watching that, maybe with some tweaks, like you said – I just can't see how that would be viable over a 162-game season, if only because the the thing that surprised me the most, and maybe it shouldn't have, was how much uh, batters were sucking wind after hitting a double or even stealing a base that camera would cut to them, and they were look they looked like me. They look like me running a lap. <laughs> and uh, that, uh, maybe you get used to it. You can see it uh, with the Denver Nuggets when they play. That That's a much more... Uh, 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 I don't know what you would call it, cardiovascular sport. Uh, and the Nuggets have a definite home field advantage uh, and they don't necessarily lose it when they go on the road quite like the Rockies do in baseball. But I just, I don't see that over 162 games being viable at all. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe yeah. my mind can be changed. You know, normally when I'm in like an airport or, or some public place, you know, I, I don't take, take the escalator, I'll take the stairs. Um, you know, just try to burn a couple extra calories or whatever. In Mexico City, I took the escalator. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's uh, it really does. You get winded fast. It's seventy three hundred feet is no joke, and uh, right. um, I can't imagine like how what people's lungs are made of living in a place like like Bolivia or something where it's like ten thousand feet. But um, but yeah, it, it's it is no joke, and uh, it was actually kind of nice for me to land in Houston, and I'm going like up an incline on the jet bridge, and I'm like, oh, I can breathe. Yeah, that's kind of nice. <laughs> how novel. How convenient. <laughs> It's merely humid and squishy. Yeah, oh, nice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll take that. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the games themselves were uh, were um, 
you know, not not real uh, regular baseball like we're used to. And I think a number of people mentioned that, you know, just MLB hitters are so much stronger. They hit the ball so much faster. There's so much more exit velocity. I mean, here, here's one that blew me away of all of the stats that, you know, I looked up and everyone else looked up and Sarah Langs and the people who are better at, at looking up stats than I am looked up from the Saturday game. Uh, this one really was the one that floored me. Manny Machado's homer, which was really the turning point in the game where the Padres took the lead for good off Tyler Rogers, was the 21st hardest hit ball uh, in that game. <laughs> I mean, wow. yeah, just ridiculous, ridiculous. So, um, you know, and part of that, I think, uh, you know, we, we talk about how the ball travels, but, but you know, MPH off the bat, I think there are some physics at play that, that make the ball be faster off the bat too uh, in that altitude. But, I mean, to the extent where Brandon Crawford is hitting uh, a 480-foot home run, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's like playing on the sea of tranquility, basically. Yeah, for for me, I always my touchstone for how different baseball uh, in Mexico City uh, can be is I always go back to Ruben Rivera's stats in the Mexican League, and when he was 44 years old, he had a 917 OPS. Uh, it's just it's a little bit different, and he played until he was 45. Uh, uh, bless him. But uh, that that's always my touchstone because it's not just Colorado; it's Colorado plus, it's extra, it's it is wacky baseball, Mexico City. Yeah, yeah, and you know a lot of the other um, teams in the Mexican League, you know, obviously don't play at anywhere near the sure, same kind sure. of elevation. One of them that is really high up is Saltillo, and I went and saw Jonathan Sanchez pitch there in 2019. They're at 5,200 feet, so I think they're. They're pretty much it's it's pretty uh, pretty much the same as Coors Field there, mm-hmm. um, but then they built their ballpark you know, to be a lot bigger too. And the Mexico City ballpark is is not that big. I mean, um, the straightaway center I think is four ten, but that's what it used to be um, in San Francisco before they put the bullpens out there. So um, and, and and really just a, a great piece of reporting by Susan Slusser to find out that MLB had kept the balls in the humidor for two weeks for this series. And they were set to, I don't know what it is, 57% humidity and 70 degrees, whatever the regular settings are for a major league game, not the settings that they would use for Coors Field. And when they should have taken the Coors Field settings and just bumped them up, right? Right. But they didn't do that. And I'm like, what were you thinking? I mean, what could you possibly, unless you really wanted it to be pinball crazy baseball. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was, uh, you know, a, a little good piece of reporting by Susan and, and just makes me think, well, that's an adjustment they're going to have to make for next time. Uh, yeah. I, maybe they did think, well, a few extra homers wouldn't hurt. Uh, I, the, uh, the actual amount of home runs, it was, it, listen, it was fun. And I don't want I, if I were the giants, I wouldn't make excuses. It's not like the Padres didn't win fair and square. It's just, it. I would have preferred to see for those games not to count for just them just to be fun and then to have another additional two games against the Padres in San Diego to see how the two teams actually match up. Because as of right now, I really have no idea still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it they did look more like the Padres that uh, you kind of expected to see and not the team that kind of, um, I guess, scuffled a little bit in, in April. I mean, Juan Soto hasn't done much of anything. Machado is off to... You know, not not an MVP type start. Um, they just got Tatis back, obviously. But I'll tell you what, man. I, just the atmosphere in that ballpark. I was prepared for there to be more Padre fans. I wasn't prepared for it to be like four to one, five to one. I mean, it was, 
And it was crazy. And the Padres were wearing their splashy, you know, City Connect uniforms on Saturday. Yeah. They're they're going out for the pregame introductions, and they're all like just like doing all these dances and and, and choreographed handshakes and you know sky points and all kinds of stuff and you know celebratory when they hit home runs and you know they're they're bat flipping and and uh, and the Giants are just sitting there in their their black Gigantes uniforms and it it felt like it almost felt like you know like one of those old WWF matches where it would be like um, Macho Man versus you know the guy who pats himself on the back and you don't know who his name is and his whole thing was he patted himself on the back and that was it you know other people have like you know uh, cockatoos on their shoulder and, and his thing was I pat myself on the back and they call those guys jobbers uh, those wrestlers they're, they're just there basically to you know for pinfalls and the Giants felt like they were jobbers in this series they didn't you know it was depressing I have to say to walk around the ballpark and you saw Machado jerseys and Tatis jerseys and Soto jerseys and, and Bogarts jerseys. And yeah, and, and who knows how long, you know, uh, Soto will be here, but those other guys are locked up. And then when you saw people with Giants jerseys, it was Posey, Bumgarner. There were a few Crawfords. Um, I even saw like Will, I saw more Will Clark jerseys than any current member on, on the team. And, you know, I, I know we, we, we know what the situation is. We know where this franchise is. We understand the dynamics that they couldn't get a star. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But to see it in practice that way, yeah, it just I get it. I get I get the angst and, and the apathy. You know, it's it, it was hard. It was hard to watch. And to that point, this this is stuff we've covered. Uh, but I I don't think that Correa would have changed that. You know, now that we have a little bit of of uh, the benefit of hindsight, I don't know how many Correa jerseys you would have seen. Like that was it made sense as a baseball move. It made sense in in some capacity. But other than Judge this offseason, there was not really a way to sell jerseys. And uh, you know, Correa's scuffling a little bit early on with the Twins. I think he, he's going to be fine. But other than Judge, he, there there really wasn't anyone else. And I think that's going to be the same thing this offseason with Otani. Other than Otani, I don't know how many jersey sellers that you'd get that would be like a Machado or a Soto. Yeah, it, it almost feels like, you know, you know, you know the kid in, in, in class that was always trying too hard to be cool and, and they weren't <laughs> and they were really uncool as a result. It, that's what it feels like. I mean, but the Giants aren't even really trying to be cool at this point. It's they need to be cool again. It's how can they be cool? I don't know. But the Giants right now, uncool. It, really the the simplest way is is to come from within, whether it's Marco Luciano, whether it's uh Casey Schmidt, whether it's Luis Matos or Carson Wisenhunt. Like I don't know who's going to be the person that comes out. But we, you've seen it with Webb. The fans have taken to Webb. Uh, that might be a jersey seller if it's not already. Um, but I, I think it has to come with from within. And, you know, we've that's also well-trod territory. It's just it's not happened yet. And it hasn't happened in a while. And it might not happen for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's one thing to have star players and, and you gravitate toward the star players and you know, I, I I don't know. You think about the the most uh, sort of fan favorite giants, and and none of them were really like big personalities, you know, or super flashy players. I mean, Tim Lincecum was flashy because he was really really dynamic on the mound. But he and you know he was quirky, but he wasn't like an attention seeker or somebody who you know is is really sort of a splashy type of a person. So I, I don't know if the Giants fans need those kinds of, of players. Um, they've certainly been really happy with the fan favorites they've had. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just been hard to, 
to kind of, I don't know, it's been hard for this team to generate some some sort of pizzazz. And uh, the only way they can do it at this point is to win a lot of baseball games. And um, and obviously they haven't, uh, haven't won enough of them. Uh, to this point, uh, what you wrote was really, I think, a good reminder that, you know, this division has not run away from anybody. And um, even the Diamondbacks who were out in front, uh, you know, had a negative run differential. And uh, we really don't, haven't seen enough interdivision play to really understand how they stack up. So the Giants haven't played their way out of anything thus far. But in terms of Giants needing to get off to a hot start to get people's attention, I think uh, you'd have to say that they haven't done it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They haven't done it, and it's not going to be easier without Mike Yastrzemski. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was off to a, a really good start. He was hitting 292. He was hitting for power. Uh, his uh, plate discipline, his bat control was, was looking good. He's just so valuable a player because he does everything well, from fielding to running to uh, hitting for power. Uh, losing him is going to sting and sting a lot. Uh, has there been any news on quite how bad that hamstring injury is? Because it looks like, you know, on the scale of hamstring injuries where you see the guy out there hopping around like, oh, no, no, this isn't going to work to uh, get me off this field. It was much closer to the latter. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's always a little bit of a dangerous, dangerous game to speculate on the severity mm-hmm. of injuries, but... You know, when Mike Yastrzemski almost needs to be helped off the field, uh, you know that he uh, he pulled it pretty good. And, you know, uh, to me, the, the the question that I hope we find out today is, you know, what did the scan say? Did he tear any tendons? And is he going to have to have surgery? I mean, that's we've seen that happen. Hunter Pence had that surgery. Uh, you know, it, it's not uncommon. And, and that you lose, you know, a couple of months. Uh, if you have that procedure as much as three months. So, um, you know, I think best case scenario, I, I would expect is that, um, you know, he'll miss pretty much at least four to six weeks. Um, and, and that means that as, I mean, he's even, I think, preparing for that because he, he told us we may have to push m- uh, mustache May into June. Um, that was his quote. So at least he's keeping a sense of humor, um, you know, through the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, he had this really bad scraggly beard going. You could tell he hasn't shaved and he was ready to just like shave everything but the mustache and come out in all of his mustachioed, you know, uh, uh, traffic cop glory. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's going to have to do that on the IL now. And with him on the IL, most likely not yet as of this recording, but yeah, uh, Austin Slater, not only is he coming off of a hamstring injury his, himself, but he had uh, that elbow neuritis in the early part of spring. He's not exactly throwing 100%, I don't believe. He can't really fill in much more than uh, here and there, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how he could hold up as an everyday player. Um, and, and, you know, if they don't want him to be an everyday player, he's really valuable in the role that he's got. So, um, you know, Brett Wisely is a guy who just, like, started playing center field out of nowhere. And he he's actually looked really good. And, and the Giants have a lot of confidence in him mm-hmm. out there. But, um, you know, that that's I don't think you feel too great about, uh, you know, your coverage overall when, when that's all you have. So, so we'll see what other moves they make. I think, um, as Melissa Lockard noted to us uh, in a Slack message, Cal Stevenson was pulled in the seventh inning of Sacramento's game last night. But, you know, by the time this is posted, I think we'll probably have, have the answers. So uh, however they do it, I mean, you know, whether it's Brandon Crawford or Mike Yastrzemski, I mean, up the middle for as much depth as, as they the Giants thought they had, they didn't get a lot of depth up the middle. And, uh, and it's already kind of really being exposed. And it doesn't help that they're going into a series where they will face uh, Mauricio Dubon hitting 302. Uh, he's been really good for the Astros this year, and his defense in center field was really good. And I wonder if there's a little bit uh, that of the Giants front office that says, ah, we should have been just a tiny bit more patient. I I mean, listen, uh, Dubon is... is uh, not someone you want to bet on going forward, at least offensively. But at the same time, he sure fits a lot of what the Giants could use right at this very moment. Yeah, and I don't think the Mike Papierski statue is going to be uh, – they're not going to try to figure out – it hasn't been built yet because they haven't figured out which corner of the ballpark to put it at. So, um, yeah, no, I, that was that was just a move, I think, to clear a roster space more than mm-hmm. anything else and, um, and and get it someone who could catch a AAA for a few weeks. But uh, you're right. You know, he's he's athletic. He, he's, he's, you know – plus defender everywhere you put him. Uh, I think in, in the outfield, it was surprising just how good he became. I mean, a gold glove type defense in, in, in center field. I always uh, sort of boggle my mind why his instincts on the base paths just didn't seem to catch up with the rest of his game. But uh, maybe he's figured that out too. Um, you know, it's uh, there's a reason that a really good team like the Astros wanted someone like Mauricio Dubon, why they've had a guy like, you know, Jose Siri. It's also a huge luxury when you've got a lineup that goes as deep as theirs has over the last several years, and you can plug a guy in ninth, and you know it, it, it's not going to prevent you from turning your lineup over. Um, you know where the Giants, you know where they went a little bit off the rails uh, in Sunday's game in Mexico City. Uh, first, like four guys reached against Darvish in what was it, the fourth inning, I think, and they looked like they were ready to put up like a seven spot in that inning, and then it got to the. Eight and nine hitters, and, and Bart struck out, and Wisely struck out, and uh, and I believe Wade struck out after that. So, you know, turning the lineup over is going to be really difficult for the Giants, and I don't know if a Dubon would help them do that, but it would certainly at least help them, uh, you know, catch the ball and and uh, and have a little bit more coverage at positions that they you know don't have a lot of coverage at right now. It's funny that you mentioned Jose Siri, uh, 749 OPS for the Rays with excellent defensive numbers. I, listen, I'm not going to. I, I understood when they traded him on and when they traded, uh, when they traded him away, I understood why and it made sense to me. And, uh, it's not like I was like, oh, they should have kept Jose Siri when Jose Siri left. But it's funny how many of these possible solutions have, have just slipped through the Giants fingers enough. And you have to wonder what they're going to do in center field. Like Michael Conforto hasn't played there since 2019. It's probably just going to be Brett Wisely. Uh, it, do you know if Bry- uh, Bryce Johnson is going to come back soon from the concussion IL? Yeah, I think that he is getting closer. Obviously, he can be optioned if they don't have space for him. It would be, I mean, huge for him if he can join the team in Houston. He's from Houston. So mm-hmm. that would be an absolute you know, dream for him, I'm sure. 
Um, I have a question for you. Do you have a yeah. smart, smart home? Because like, do you have like the Alexa and controlling your ice machine and all that other stuff? I have quite possibly the dumbest home uh, in the. Oh, Bay good. Area. I was just concerned because you said Siri about eight thousand <laughs> times. So I was imagining like like uh, you know the ice machine, like ice spilling on the floor, and you know your ring camera going nuts and all kinds of other stuff. So it's we've lived in this house for eight years, and we just have not gotten around to going underneath the house to get uh, water to the ice machine. So that's how dumb of a smart home this is. Oh, I got one better for you. So <laughs> when we bought our house. Um, and this was in 2012, uh, you know, it was a brand new refrigerator and you go to use the ice machine and there's nothing there. It's like, oh, well, they didn't plumb it in. Well, that's, that's too bad. Uh, and then, uh, uh, we got a new refrigerator last year and, um, I said, you know what, it's time. Let, let's, let's just pay a plumber and, and we'll have them plumb it in, plumb in the line. We will use it. We'll, we'll use the ice machine. And, uh, and so I go in the crawl space to see just how much, you know, plumbing we'd have to run, how expensive it would be. And it's sitting right there. It's got the hose and everything. When they remodeled the kitchen before they sold the house, someone just didn't drill the hole through the kitchen tile in the back of the fridge and run the line up. I'm like, oh, well, this is great. But also, hey, you know. So anyway, that's my little story. That's hilarious. But it, not as funny as the idea of uh, Andy Baggerly in a crawl space. I just, that tickles me for some reason. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, it, I think there's at least two and a half feet. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, not too bad. it's, it's a crawl space. It's not too exciting. Not too bad. Uh, I'm fascinated by this team because, again, we've talked about this and you saw it with the Cardinal series. They looked really good during that Cardinal series, but there just is still so much going right. Like Lamont Wade Jr. has now turned his patience into power, which is always the idea. And when you were watching his at-bats, it was very clear that he wasn't being passive for the sake of being passive. You've seen players do that. He would take uh, both cheek swings at the balls down the middle that he thought he could do damage on, and he wasn't doing a lot of damage early on the season. He looks fantastic now. Tyra Estrada still looking fantastic. There are players who are looking good. The Giants have some Alex Cobb looks like a revelation. Disclafani. It's just not quite fitting in all right at the same time. You just have to wonder how much patience, uh, how much rope they're going to get. Yeah, I, I would put J.D. Davis on that list too. I mean, he's going to strike out a lot, but you know, he's looking like he can bring value on both sides of the ball, which I don't think we would have predicted. And you're right, whether it's Wade, you know, you knew that when Lamont Wade Jr. was taking swings last year, they weren't those full tilt swings that, that he was taking when he was, you know, late night Lamont in 2021. And by the way, Mitch Haniger, woo, he swings the bat, doesn't he? I mean, that's yeah. an aggressive cut. You kind of understand why uh, he needed as long to come back from that oblique injury as he did. So, you know, if those guys can stay healthy, I mean, they do have uh, the ability to slug. Where I'm concerned about this team the most, and I didn't think I would be, is the pitching side. I mean, when, when I was looking at uh, the, uh, what, would, what do you call it, the, the baseball savant uh, stat cast page for Saturday's game, and I was looking at the exit velocities and just, and I was thinking to myself, you know what, if a ball's hit on the ground hard, it's a hit here because it just skids through the turf. And so even though the Giants are the best uh, ground ball staff in the league, they have the lowest average launch angle, it's like seven degrees, um, they're, they're doing what they're doing. Balls are still getting hit hard off the bat. And whether it's comebackers that are whacking pitchers, you know, or the homers that like Logan Webb's given up. And I thought, you know, where do they rank in, in terms of uh, – and they're like 27th, I think, in average exit velocity. And they're dead last in hard hit percentage, so percentage of, of contact that's over 95 mile an hour plus. Dead last in the major leagues. So 
Um, yeah, that's that's a problem. I mean, uh, the, the pitching is is really been very very shaky on the whole, and whether that's bullpen or rotation. And I think uh, Cobb, as you mentioned, has, has been an outlier there, or not an outlier, but an exception. Di Scalfani, a little bit of an exception, but other than that, um, boy, they got to right the ship here because uh, you know if, if a team can't pitch, you know they they just can't win. It is a dinger problem. I mean, you're you're talking hard hit, uh, exit velocity, and yeah, that that can lead to dingers. And you've got one, two, three, four, five, six pitchers uh, who have allowed more than two home runs per nine innings. That is a lot. That is a lot for any team. That's a lot for a Rockies team. That's a lot for a team at an old Ar- Arlington ballpark. It, it's very much a lot for a Giants team that plays half their games uh, at Oracle Park. Jacob Junis, uh, you know, he's striking people out, missing bats. But you can sit slider against him. And I guess if he's missing one out of every 10 sliders, people aren't going to be fooled by that. Ross Stripling has looked a little bit better, but, you know, obviously huge concerns there. Sean Manaya, I, I feel bad that his ERA is close to eight because he didn't fare that well in, in Mexico City. But he's been given up a ton of home runs. He's given up six home runs already in just 18 innings pitched. Fix that. I mean, maybe that's just a fluke. Maybe it's just, hey, this is one of those things. Whether the storm will find these the giants that we know and love after that. Uh, if that doesn't happen, though, it's going to be a rough slog. Well, that's and that's that's exactly why I'm, I'm uh, I would be concerned if I'm the Giants because you know the home runs I think should uh, even out a little bit and they're kind of betting on that. I mean, that's kind of you know analytically what what happens. But you know, hard hit ground balls. This is not a rangy offense or defense. This is an infield defense uh, that is uh, uh, basically they're counting on them to be sure-handed and make the sure-handed plays. But, you know, if you have balls getting smoked at, at 95 plus, even if they're on the ground, uh, there's going to be a lot of holes in that infield because you don't have guys who, who are rangy at all. They don't have a single rangy uh, infielder on this team. And, and that includes Tyro. Uh, he's not the rangiest infielder, even though he does well with the sprint speeds and, and those other metrics. Um, and I, I just think that's that's a problem. I mean, I don't know how you just, you know, say, okay, guys, we're going to have a pitcher's meeting. And, and basically, you know, those ground balls you're getting, yeah, get them to be softer. Um, get them to be hit not as hard. Um, I'm not sure how you do that. But, uh, um, you know, it, it, it is something that that at least if if this trend is we're what 16 17% of the way through the season if that trend holds it's it's not going to be good the giants are not going to be able to boost that um that uh, rate of turning ground balls into outs for me the biggest uh, jenga piece of that whole philosophy of of getting ground ball pitchers and and hoping that they find gloves the biggest jenga piece that's been pulled is that Brandon Crawford just does not look the same defensively uh, that he did in the last month of last season it's not like i'm wistfully pining for Brandon Crawford's uh, circa 2015 i'm talking Brandon Crawford Brandon Crawford circa last september and he's just been uh, the eye test tells us what the statistics uh, are telling us as well. He's just he's not getting to the balls that you uh, would expect him to get to. And he's not converting them into outs. And then he's also not as sure-handed as he's been in the past. And it's a pretty gnarly combination because without him playing his level of defense, that's a really, really tough situation for the pitchers to be in. Yeah, we're, we're, we just got done with April and he's already missed time with a knee, a forearm, a calf now and, and rib cage and he ain't getting younger. So um, 
you know, that's, that's where the performance begins to go. You know, when, when you can't stay on the field and you're a lesser version of yourself when you're on the field and it gets harder and harder to stay on the field. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I can't say that, uh, um, uh, I guess rationally, uh, it makes a lot of sense to have a super optimistic outlook. And I, I don't think anyone is expecting Brandon Crawford to, you know, replicate the year he had in, in 2021. He's still a good baseball player. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still, you know, works hard and he's, he's, you know, he, he comes ready to play every single day. I tried to talk his way in the lineup Sunday. Uh, in fact, I said to him, uh, are you available off the bench? And he's like, I could hit if they needed me to. Yeah. And I said, well, can you like run or, or, or play the field or going on defense? And he kind of looked at me blankly and he's like, if I could do those things, I'd be in the lineup. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to be in the lineup here. Right. <laughs> this is like, this is like, okay, what if I, what if I give you a, a lotto scratcher and I tell you that the odds are, are quintupled that you're going to win, uh, you know, the jackpot. So you, you want as many lotto scratchers as you could get. So yeah, it, it was kind of funny. He, he just looked at me and was like, don't you think that I would be in there if I could run? I'm hitting so. 480 foot home runs here. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, oh, I broke Statcast. Yes. Oh man, but yeah, I just it, it feels like it's nice if the Giants get anything resembling offense out of Crawford. They're certainly hoping for that. Uh, they want him to improve on the 652 OPS from last season, but it all starts and uh, begins and ends with his defense. And right now. They're not even getting that from him, and that's really hurting. I mean, it, it, he's not responsible for the dingeritis that the pitchers have, but it's not helping that there just isn't that much range up the middle uh, on either side. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a lot of important pieces on this roster. Michael Conforto's an important piece. Mitch Hanniger's an important piece. You know, whoever emerges as the catcher, and Joey Bart, by the way, has been looking – I thought he caught a great game on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he made a couple blocks that were just like, how, how did he block that? Um, but, uh, there are a lot of important pieces on, on this team, but boy, they cannot afford for Brandon Crawford to be hurt and they cannot afford for Mikey Stremski to be hurt. And both those guys are hurt. So, yeah. um, you know, whether it's a, a tough part of the schedule or a tough part of, of, uh, of the season when you're just missing key people, you know, the games keep coming at you, the series keep coming at you and you've got to compete or else you start slowly sinking the, the wrong way. And, uh, and, you know, that's. That's why it's hard. It's it's a hard game. It's a hard, hard game. Baseball, hard game. Yes, this is uh, breaking news on the Bags and Brisby podcast. But you're absolutely right. Uh, before we go, can you think of a better uh, two-city transition as far as food than Mexico City to Houston? Would you prefer, like, if you're talking about eating your way through cities, is there another, like, New York to Chicago or, or someplace like that? Because to me... That's almost my platonic ideal as long as you're, you know, if you're saying the Tokyo is out of the picture, a realistic transition from Mexico City to Houston, that's good eating. Yo, man, I love Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a great eating mm-hmm. town. You can really pack on the calories in, in, in Philly. Um, you know, Houston, the, the, there's so many great, great restaurants in Houston. I mean, like the Vietnamese community is enormous mm-hmm. here. And then I remember going out and having like the big giant platter of the of the chili um uh, crawdads and mm. you know it, it it takes you like three hours to get through the plate because you gotta <laughs> peel every one of those little suckers but but it's all way out in the beltway and i don't have a car here and also i was i was actually in in a, a lift with uh, maria gordado of mlb.com uh we were on the same flight and uh and she's like what do you want to eat here and i'm like i kind of want a salad <laughs> 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 i need a couple i need a couple days man you know it's uh um yeah it's uh, oh yeah it's it's Mexico City is just 
one it's, it's a food palace. I mean, it's, there's so many great, delicious things to eat there. And I think I ate one of everything. So, uh, and even the food in the ballpark was tremendous. Um, mm. you know, I had like these flautas that were really, really good. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really, really a fun atmosphere. And I think the food makes it, makes it a big part of it. And, and to be honest, you know, that's one little thing we're over time, but that's one thing the Giants could do to, to get more people to the ballpark. Make the food better. <laughs> Stop charging people an arm and a leg to, to get the space. And so, so they're, they're, they have to have you know, incredible margins to do profits. And, and so they're just selling fries and chicken fingers and stuff. You know, uh, you know, why, why can't you have Byright Creamery at the ballpark? Why can't you have Slanted Door at the ballpark? You know, I, they, I think they're going to need to start doing some more stuff like that to get people in the door. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. So, um, although they have that new grilled cheese place, I haven't tried that yet. Where a, a bunch of fancy grilled cheeses up there on the club level. Have you tried that yet? I have not. No, I have not tried the grilled cheese. All right, I gotta try that. All right, this has been episode two twenty eight of the Bags and Brisby podcast. We will be back next Monday. Um, and we'll talk about Giants baseball. We'll see what they do to fill the hole that Mike Yastrzemski has left behind. We'll see how they do against the Astros uh, and the Brewers. And we will see you then. Thanks for listening.